everybody, Wiz and Guru, we're back for another podcast. How are you doing today, Guru? Wow, I'm doing really, really well today. Um, you know, I, I had a feeling this weekend that things felt a little bit different. Uh, it was certainly a, a wonderful weather weekend in the uh, metropolitan New York area. We saw live golf on television. I, 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 I'm not a huge soccer guy, but Germany uh, was able to get their league going again in soccer. Uh, today... Uh, Governor Cuomo started talking about sports in New York, albeit you know with uh, with no fans. So, so all this stuff's kind of charging me up for a, for a Monday morning. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was excited. I saw that uh, the, the the racetracks, which I love to uh, wait on uh, June first, uh, looks like they're going to attempt to open uh, back up uh, some of these tracks. And uh, right now, there seems to be a little momentum i mean we don't want to get too carried away or too uh you know too optimistic but there's definitely some some cautious optimism about sports uh going forward what's happening uh yeah and i think in terms of that the ufc's had a few cards successfully uh nascar raised golf's uh, back in a few weeks is some real um uh, steam it seems behind uh basketball and baseball uh, trying to get underway. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, look, the NFL is marching on, and that means we're going to keep marching on, and we're going to be putting uh, uh, at least one, if not several, podcasts out each week uh, just to keep things going. And uh, today we're going to discuss the term handcuffs. And uh, handcuffs, uh, I think, usually for the average fantasy guy out there kind of relates to uh, – running backs and you draft an elite running back or a running back you hope is elite, you know, you try and get his back up and that's what would be a handcuff. But I think you and I uh, have maybe a different view on handcuffs as it relates to position. So let's start with this. When you hear the term handcuffs in relation to fantasy football, what, what does that mean to you? All right. So I, I would say more often than that, it applies to the running back position, but, but not solely. Um, and I, I would say it's, it's really drafting a player and most likely you're going to get them much later in a, in a roto, in a roto draft. And he's going to be like a $1 player, $2 player in an auction draft. Um, and, and basically should that starter get injured, it's, it, it's basically a direct positional backup to that starter. So in essence, it's, it's really like an insurance policy for if a player gets hurt. And I think, like I said, most commonly, it's a running back, but I think there's a few scenarios when I look over NFL rosters right now. You know, I look at I look at some teams and some positions where you know there, and, and and we've seen this in the past where it may merit that you actually you can potentially handcuff in other positions. Yeah, I think that's I think that that is definitely the case. Uh, uh, I think you know there was a time when um, it would just be to. To running backs, but but I'll tell you, I think it all depends on the league you're in. Would, would you agree with that? That if you're in a deeper league where you can carry uh, a few, you know, more, more than just a few running backs, it allows you to do uh, uh, several different things, right? It allows you to try and get a couple of, you know, guys that you consider a solid starters, maybe a flyer here or there, and then still get a handcuff. Um, to your guy that you have on your roster or another player. So let me, let's, let's, let's go along with that. When it comes to handcuffs 
and you draft a running back, how concerted of an effort do you make to get the handcuff? Is it a like situation where, okay, I'm looking for his direct backup and I'm going to really make a concerted effort? Is it a case-by-case case, uh, thing? Is it something you're not overly concerned? And what's your overall conceptual view on handcuffs as it relates to the starter that you have already drafted in a draft? Yeah, so I, I think it actually, a, a lot of it depends on the system. Well, Number one, the player that's backing up the player, the the talent level of that player, the system in which the player is playing in, and also how how you perceive the workload to be uh, divvied up after that. Because I think in a lot of cases, when some of these star players get divvied up, sometimes it takes two two players to replace one player. So it's not as obvious. I think there are a few teams where we can say, hey, you know what? If Ezekiel Elliott goes down, you know, we, we think Pollard is a really, you know, basically he's going to come in, Tony Pollard, he's going to come in and do a lot of damage if Ezekiel Elliott goes down. Where, like in a case where if a Mark Ingram goes down in Baltimore, uh, you have three other running backs behind him who could potentially divvy up that so it's not as clear. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's definitely a good point. So uh, when it comes to handcuffs, you're looking at it as a, as a case-by-case. And... Uh, if you draft one of those guys, if you were to draft Mark Ingram, hypothetically, because you use him as the example, will your process be, let me get one of those backups? I'm not quite sure. Let me get two. Will it be, this just seems a little bit um difficult to project so i'm just going to move on to a backup another team like in a case like that where you draft a running back and the backup is are a few you know a few guys who could could step up well, what's the thinking as far as you're concerned yeah i think that's that situation is a little bit more nebulous uh so as a result of that you know maybe i end up taking you know a, it could even be a starting running back that maybe i look at a guy that's like you know, whatever, the 25th or 30th ranked running back, a guy that can kind of fill in a roster spot or a better backup somewhere else. I, I would say a situation like that, it's less clear to me at, as we sit here today what that backup situation is going to look like. And I, I think the other point I would make, too, is, you know, you talked about deep league uh, and what it means to be in a deep league or what it means to be in a more shallow league. Sometimes a, a waiver wire in a shallow league where rosters are smaller you know, you're like it's like a kid in a candy store on the waiver wire. So the ability to pick up players as players get hurt, it's it's much more viable. Where, as you mentioned, you know, we play in a league, a deep league, where there's 24 players on a roster. The likelihood that one of those backups is going to be available, it's going to be a little bit trickier to do that. Yeah, so as we've talked about uh, many times uh, in these podcasts, you know, know the rules of your league, look at the rosters, and then you, you know, you take it from there. Uh, when, when you're in an auction league and you're looking at a starting running back that you may like, how much are you considering what the price will be not only for that player, but what the package will be? In other words, um, if you were to draft in an auction league and try and get Dalvin Cook, 
you know, Alexander Madison is not a one-dollar player because he could get in there and he could do something. Uh, certainly, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt is probably considered the most valuable number two guy. You mentioned Pollard behind that in that offensive behind that offensive line. You know, the the, the Lions running back duo this year. The Kansas City has a duo. So when you're looking at the number one guy on those teams, are you thinking? Thinking to yourself, okay, not only do I need to concern myself with the price of that player, I'm going to try and get the package and I have to take that price into consideration, or are you just taking it, the front guy, and then whatever happens after that, you'll you'll uh, play it by ear. Well, it's interesting. I think this has kind of changed historically. I think, I think back in the day, it was always easy to grab a handcuff, like in an auction league, as you mentioned, for a dollar or two. Or, um, or in a roto league, you could pick up somebody at the very end. Now, I think people are watching those situations, and, and you better know what's going on in your drafts. And, you know, you mentioned your Vikings, Dalvin Cook, and I think Madison is one of those backups that, that is definitely higher in pedigree. We know the system that's being run there, how they want to run their offense, even though this year they will have a new offense coordinator, but Gary Kubiak does like to run the ball as well. But I'm looking at that particular situation as you, as an example, and I'm saying to myself, okay, if I draft Dalvin Cook, and let's say Dalvin Cook in a in a $200 league is, is something like $35, for example. I'm looking at Alexander Madison as saying, you know what? It's going to cost me maybe around $43 to $44 to get those two guys together and know if that's a direction I want to go in and know that I have that situation under control. So I'm, so I'm putting a little bit more emphasis that, on that. You are thinking about the backup, and you're thinking that the backup is one of those guys that we mentioned that could do something if he was to get in there. You have to think more than just the first guy. You're thinking about the package of what, what it's going to cost you or cost anybody to get not only the starter, but his immediate backup. And it's funny you mentioned Madison because we were doing that draft uh, last year, and the, the owner of Dalvin Cook seemed annoyed at me. That I that I didn't hand them Alexander Madison over on a silver platter, and you know I, I thought going into last year Madison was was a guy that was very interesting. Cook has had issues uh, staying on the field. He eventually actually did get hurt towards the end of the season, but he was one of those guys that I thought uh, if he got in there with the system that they were running, really could have been something interesting, but. It doesn't hold only true for running backs, right? We talked about this briefly, and I don't know if Dallas Goddard is going to be ranked as a top 12 tight end coming into the year, but... You know, the only thing that's probably standing in the way of him at a top five tight end status is, is Zach Ertz. So would you agree that even though tight ends and quarterbacks uh, aren't thought of immediately when you hear the word handcuffs, there could be certain instances, especially wide receivers, and we'll get into a few of those situations, that if the top guy got hurt, the second guy would immediately become certainly a top 10 guy and maybe even better. Now, and if you get a Zach Ertz, you really should try and get a Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and I, and I think that's right. I, I think if, if I would think of two right now, right off the top of my head, two guys going into this draft right now that, that to me as a, as a handcuff look phenomenal would be Dallas Goddard, a tight end, uh, who I think 
the way they scheme their offense, they, they got, they've got two tight ends on the field a lot. You've talked about personnel sets, and, and that's part of their offense. And then what just happened in Dallas with, with a guy like Andy Dalton and that offense, if something were to happen to someone like Dak Prescott, the value of, of having a, a, a real consummate professional, a guy who's won in the league before as opposed to um, – you know what they previously had there. Those that's a very enticing situation to have that to lean on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so it definitely doesn't have to be restricted to 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 running backs, and especially if you're in a deep league. If you're in a deep league, um, and you have hypothetically a Tyree Kill drafted, and then I know you are absolutely fascinated the head of the fan club of that Kansas City Chief offense I mean if you have a Tyree Kill doesn't a player like you know Hardman or Demarcus Robinson who would get there and be on the field for a lot of plays become fantasy factors and if you're in leagues that you could draft six or seven wide receivers don't you think that those are receivers that you know you need to give a a look at because uh, just on the offense and anyone you know on the receiving end of a Pat Mahomes pass is probably somebody you need to consider on your fantasy team. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we saw glimpses of, of a guy like Hardman, who who's a who's a slight guy, but God can he run? And you know, we saw we saw last year his big play potential. So one extra year, a little bit more working and chemistry with the quarterback. So that's a guy that certainly warrants attention. I think you look at a situation last year, and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it's not a clear answer. Um, Perryman last year, Bashard Perryman, who uh, when Mike Evans went down the last three, four weeks of last year, you know, really big producer in, in that in that passing offense. Uh, I know for a while you've liked a guy like uh, Jerry Reynolds, uh, you know, in the in the uh, in the Ram attack to kind of when, yeah. when when one of those guys go down, he steps up. But we look at a situation like Devontae Adams being out multiple weeks last year. And nobody really stepped up as a kind of a backup. So sometimes you can catch that. And then there are other times where it's a little bit more obvious what can happen when the player goes down. Yeah, Josh Reynolds. Um, Josh, yeah. He, he, he's a wide receiver that I liked. And I thought, he, you know, he was clearly the best number four wide receiver in football when he got a chance. Uh, he didn't really become the fantasy factor. I thought the Rams kind of changed their offense, but the point is well taken. So uh, when it comes to when it comes to handcuffs, we've mentioned all of those positions, right? We've mentioned scenarios for running back, obviously, but even quarterback tight end and wide receiver depending on the system keep an eye out uh, keep an eye on the waiver wire follow the injury reports if you if your league has a lot of these guys are free agents but you know if you, if you have a league where you're you have deeper rosters it may be worth a lot of value to you to roster the immediate backup on the lead offense whether it be any of those positions uh, um, so I, I guess I guess you know when it comes to handcuffs, you have to take into consideration for the draft when it comes to price, what you're going to do as far as the starter and then the backup as a package and then those other positions as well. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add or talk about as far as yeah. uh, handcuffs come? I guess, I guess the one thing, uh, I'm curious, 
because it seems a little different than it used to be. So I, if I go back 10 or 12 years ago, it used to be, it felt like it was a lot easier to get those handcuffs. Like it wouldn't be as penal a, a price that you had to pay up. Because I think you, for a good backup now, there is a premium to that. Do you agree that that's kind of shifted a bit over the last, like, say, five to seven years where you, you have to pay up a little bit more for those, for, for those premium backups? A hundred percent. I just think it, it's rare. It's almost uh, an oddity when you see one running back get, you know, more than the lion's share of carries, and then the other guys are just backups when the first guy taps out and uh, needs a breather for a couple a play here or, or there. I just think that. Um, yeah, look, I, I remember back on the Chargers uh, teams um, when. You know, Tomlinson was the starter, and Mike Turner was the backup. And uh, it was obvious to anybody who watched football that Turner would be very productive if he got into another team or something was to happen to Tomlinson. But even as good as Turner was, you know, Tomlinson did not come off the field. But we're in a different age of football, and there's more of a likelihood that the starter is going to get hurt. That's number one. And then there's also seems that there's more of a likelihood that teams are just going to use two and three guys. So even the direct backup, uh, in football, you know, has value. And I agree completely with that. I think there was a time when, you know, you get your guy and then boom, you get your backup for a dollar or two. Maybe if, uh, if the, if the first guy was injury prone or if the backup was good now, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult trying to figure out exactly who would be the second guy if the first guy got hurt. And um, and people are looking at that uh, and understanding that, you know, running back is a position where, you know, things can change quickly. So um, I agree with that. And I think that's, that's, that's something that has evolved in football. And I think that it certainly has evolved in fantasy football as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a great topic. I think also when we talk down the road about waiver wires, when we because we will have an episode on that, especially that's something that I think a lot of new players have to learn about. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of the of that and how how you should kind of focus on that. But this has been a a nice starter, a little appetizer of that. Yeah, I think we're gonna, we're going to double back and we're going to get to like specific players when it comes to breakouts, bust, sleepers, handcuffs, all of these things. But we, we want everyone to kind of like understand the terminology of these things. And when we're talking about it, you, you know, you're just not hearing players' names. You're having understanding of what we mean by it and what you know you should meet, you know, have an understanding of. It'll make it a, a lot easier and more fun as well uh, when the season comes around, which. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll be as, uh, as, uh, as scheduled for the first week of September, but we're just hoping there's going to be football. And uh, I think we're going to have whoever listens to this podcast raring and ready to go and more prepared than they've, they've ever been for a fantasy football league. No question about it. This is the place to go. Uh, Wiz, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk again later in the week. Yep. Have a good night.